following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another session here at the Kickpot Dojo. I'm your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insider of my martial arts journey, analyzing and discussing certain martial arts based subjects and also highlighting martial artists past, present and future. All right. So before we get on with this episode, um, I want to um, um, say, uh, of course, uh, summer is um, completely over. Well, let's just say. The season of summer itself is not over, but yet um, summer vacation is done. And of course, um, school is back back up and running. And of course, uh, I like to say good luck to those who are either continue on their journey or starting a new journey. Yeah, I can definitely recall. Um, uh, yeah, let's just say it has been 20 years since um, I started my uh, high school, high school year, or should I say my high school journey, um, being started as a freshman, you know, just a couple of memories of that, you know, definitely fresh out of, um, middle school, uh, barely, or should I say, um, after two weeks of, um, training or doing football tryouts for, um, the JB football team. And of course I, luckily I made the team, you know, I, Totally sucked <sighs> because honestly, I didn't know a damn thing about, well, a single thing about football. I mean, I was clueless. You know, I thought I can actually be a good football player, but you know, I was just terrible. But you know, the thing is, I guess the reason why that I had, um, I was on the team or at least put on team because I had the heart. That um, I put into it, you know, I was always there for training, for tryouts. You know, I screwed up a lot, but, you know, I guess the thing that kept me on the team is the fact that I was dependable. That I was, like, always at practice. I wasn't always fooling around. I was terrible, like I said. I got yelled at a lot. Yeah, I can recall all the times that the coach fussed at me. But you know that. But next, the, but the next year kind of made up for that because you know I learned about the, learned about the plays. I paid attention. All right, so just a reminder of that year. But nevertheless, you know when you're in when you're in school, it's just a reminder of of who. Just a reminder is uh, you should know who our real heroes are. You know, besides the superheroes that we read about or watch on TV, we look up to. I mean, not all teachers or School personnels are expected to be Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, or the Incredible Hulk. There's just people that just bust their tail to make sure that you have an education. I mean, one thing for certain is always those are the type of people to go to when we're in trouble. And really, we want to be really focused on our education out there. Because the things that are happening out today... I mean, we got too many people dying out in the street due to shootings and to bad decisions. I mean, we want to try to minimize this for the rest of the year. I mean, we're of course, we're in September. 
So basically, we're four months away from 2022, and yet we're hoping that 2022 is a promising year. I said I could say 2021 could could be promising because things are just opening back up, and hopefully we can continue having things open back up to normal. Um, of course, we we want to get to the point where there's no mass restrictions. I mean, so far, some places have no mass restrictions. So that's just great. So that's good. But, you know, just uh, be on top of things. Make sure you're vaccinated and make sure you're wearing a mask where you're required to and not giving people problems. I mean, we've got to try to minimize these problems. And the world is getting crumbled as we speak. I mean, like I said, too many people are dying out there either the the COVID-19 or due to bad decisions, right? We got to try to minimize that. All right. So now that that's out of the way, I want to get on to the, with this episode, um, uh, episode that another article out of the um, Jesse Encamp website. Uh, he had a cry nerd. So definitely come, I came across this one article called the consume. Let me, I'm going to say the Kusuki Kumu Kuma, the Kusus Kusukuma, uh, the twelve um, twelve um considerations. All right, so man, Japanese. I mean, that's the one thing. That's one of the things I want want to try to learn is Japanese, so I can pronounce these names good. All right, so just a little um background of the Sukuma Kusukuma, uh, Shimpan. Uh, known as um, the Shir- Shiroma Sh- uh, Shimpan, the master of martial arts or master of karate. Man, probably one of the masters that are well forgotten, but yeah, of martial arts. And yet um, he was a student of Itosu, uh, it- yeah, Itosu um, Ika- Iku, yeah, n- another pioneer of um, karate. And uh, yeah, then he was he would establish the Shinto the Shinto Ryu, which is another martial arts style, which is uh, um, associated with um, Okinawan karate. Excuse me. All right, so just just a, just a heads up of what he's talking about about the twelve considerations is he's talking about there are eight considerations in kicking and four considerations of punching so definitely there's like two sides of the consideration but you know definitely the kicking has more consideration than punching all right so the first one or should i say i'm gonna go over the eight considerations of kicking all right so the first one he comes up with this when kicking in kata or kumite the back must be kept straight as so as to allow you to punch if the kick is blocked. All right. So definitely it's a good point. So one thing is, you know, one thing you want don't want to do when you're kicking is you don't want to lean back. I mean, you only lean back slightly, but you want to at least keep your back straight. So when you recoil, when you fall down for a punch, definitely you lay that power Right into the target. Right, so definitely the one thing I tell my students, you know, you're going to feel yourself lean back slightly, but you don't want to lean back too much. 
therefore, you know, if your kick is blocked and you're leaning back, you know, that's going to throw your balance off. And then therefore you're in trouble. So it's always best to keep that good base, that good um, foundation when you're doing that kick. And that's why it's always important. Yeah, you want to keep that back kept straight. All right, so that's one thing about kicking. You know, I always tell them when you think about it, it's the ancient, this is like the ancient way of sparring when you use kata or kumite. You know, you're applying everything, applying, you're applying your kata to like any expectation in a sparring match. So, yeah, anyone, or basically in a self defense technique. So, well, definitely what I mentioned before, bunkai. All right, so basically everything that you do in kata is a bunkai of what you do in a real life situation. All right, so the next one, number two, the quickest kicks are the, the snappy kind. So definitely we teach two types of kicks. All right, so we teach the thrusting, which is pushing, and we teach the snapping, which is uh, basically a flick. So usually we use that for groin techniques for the snapping, but thrusting is right in the soreplex. But definitely when you think of using the quickest kicks, you know, you want to use that almost as a distraction or a fake. So really, usually you can use that snappy kick to think the fake it. Therefore, they think they block it, then you can switch into another kick. So usually the best technique I will use to counter uh, with a, snapping front kick or should I say if the snapping front kick is blocked or I don't hit the target I can definitely switch it up to a round kick you know usually the snapping kick goes to the groin and then I kind of follow up with a round kick right to the head all right so definitely think about it if you want to think of those fast kicks how fast you want to get to the target all right so let me break so down for the next one number three the kicks of a kata are performed with the tiptoe foot. You know, an an old style an old style kick, where the kick is performed with a supported tip of the big toe. You know, in modern times, uh, replaced in the modern times, it replaced with the ball of the foot. So yeah, some Okinawan masters have preserved the old methods. No, really, that's I always ask my students this every time, you know, when we're going over kicks, I always ask them about the weapon. Well, not not only about the weapon, but the knee positioning, and I'll get to that later. But definitely, it's always important to know which weapon you're using for a kick. It's like for a thrusting front kick, use the ball of the foot, snapping front kick, the instep. So basically, the instep is the your where your shoelaces are <clears throat> and definitely for other kicks like side kick uh, the bladed heel back kick heel you know you want to know what your weapons are when you're throwing kicks if you don't know what your weapons are you're going to be kicking with the wrong part of your foot and then that could hurt so it's always or definitely for one it, it will hurt and two it won't be effective enough if you hit a target so you want to make sure your kick is effective by knowing you're kicking with the right weapon of the foot. So it's always best when you're doing thrusting kicks. 
you want to kick with the the your ball the foot. All right. Number four, the most important kick is that is that done is done to the middle area. Middle area refers to the the trunk of the body. Well, roughly translated, basically we call it the solar plexus or the midsection, or basically the stomach. So that's like the most effective target for a thrusting front kick. You know, you got that one person charging at you. I mean, one thing I always tell tell my, my students: there's always the, a front kick may be an offensive kick, but it, it could be a defensive kick too. You know, you're you're going offense if you're going forward, but if you're either go, stepping back or staying where you are, that's defense. So if the target's coming to you, you stay where you are, you step back. But if you're going to the target, you just go forward. So I usually tell the students, always aim for the sore plexus. You know, it's always best when you, you're doing martial arts training or you're training somebody, make sure they're educated. I mean, really, it's not just teaching them the techniques. It's teaching them, like, each part of that technique. Eh. So... That's just one thing to think about when you're talking, you think of your targets. All right. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Accuracy. All right. Aim before you fire. You know what weapon you're using, but you got to know how to aim for your target. So if you're kicking and you don't aim for your target, that means you're not concentrating. You got to focus. Number five, consider the knee the hinge of the kick you know definitely every kick has a different knee positioning but the knee always bends or knee always hinge always bends you know proper knee positioning will determine what kick you're going to throw you know for a thrusting front kick i always tell my students you know your weapon is the ball of the foot so your so the ball of the foot has to be pointed to the target and the one thing, the knee, the knee has to be above, above the your belt line. I mean, and definitely your knee has to be bent 90 degrees. So that's the best way I can um, describe a thrusting front kick. You know, with most students, I mean, they can't get their knee up high enough for the ball of foot to aim for the target. And that's why I always train them or tell them to train on your hip flexors. I mean, really get your hips flexors like flex you want that nice flexibility so your knee goes past the the belt line and you'll be able to do a thrusting kick and definitely with knee positioning that's always important i mean if your knees below the belt you're going to throw a snapping kick you don't want to throw a snapping kick you want to throw a thrusting so really if i well if i said snapping that would be correct but I mean, you got to make sure you know the, the difference. And then, you know, the thing that kind of bugs me right now with um, side kick and round kick. You know, when I teach side kick, you know, side kick is the hardest thing to go over. But, you know, when I go over side kick, you know, I tell them your knee has to be off center on the opposite side. And you're kicking with that bladed heel. And what kids usually do, they always bring that knee right to the center. I mean, that's and then it turns into a round kick. I mean, a round kick has to be, the knee has to be centered. So, really, if I said round kick, that would be all right. And that's the thing that most kids mistake in it. 
you know, I tell them your kick, a side kick is a pushing kick. It's not, it's not a chopping kick. I mean, some, some students either know, don't know the difference or they either are just like, they don't care. It's like, I'll throw the kick the way I want to, but it's not going to be right. So we got really, well, I really got to concentrate on that. All right, so number six, the ankle must be as strong in kicking as the wrist is strong in punching. That's the one thing. This is where using your muscles are really important. All right, learning to tighten your muscles at the moment of impact. I mean, the amount, of, I could tell you, the amount of times you I tell students to use your muscles properly for an effective technique. And this is one of our components that we talked about in our style of the Chuck Norris system. We got eight components. And one of the components is the method of generating power. And definitely the method of generating power is using all the muscle, working from the ground up, is using all the muscles in, in that technique. That technique is required. So for a thrusting front kick, I mean, for one thing, you don't want to have a loose, loose, um, loose, um, stick. Well, definitely when you're setting up for that kick, you want to be loose. But at the moment of impact, you want everything wants to be wanting to tighten up. You know, the thing that happens with most people or well, most students is that they tighten up too early and the kick is too slow. I usually tell them how fast you want to get to that target. You, you want to get to that target fast enough so. You're the one. It's too late for the um, it's too late for the your opponent to block it. I mean, one th- and another thing. I mean, you want to make sure that um, you want that kick to be effective. So really, using your muscles, tighten those muscles at the moment of impact, really makes a difference. And yeah, uh, it's like it calls explosive technique. So that's the method of Jerry Power. And usually I tell these students this, uh, you know, other than telling them like how to properly throw a kick, it's always important to work your muscles. And, you know, it's always best to really train yourself to build that muscle. All right. Number seven, the leg must be loosened and flexible while the toes are tightened, which just like a punch, the arm, the arm is loose while the fist is tightened. Yeah. Same pretty much just go back to number six. Alright, so really of course you want to be loosey goosey in legs, but definitely you want to make sure you want that tight foot. Alright, so pretty much when you're when you actually throw the kick and the other the other uh, muscles tighten, effective kick. Alright, so I always ask and always ask loosey goosey. And only tighten the entire muscle technique until the moment of impact. I mean, yeah, you want to be fast when you're picking up your leg. But you also want to be, uh, you want to make sure you have a solid technique as soon as you throw it. All right, so that's pretty much, I pretty much analyzed that in the set, number six. So I don't have to talk about that. Now going on to the last one, the number eight of the consideration of kicking. When kicking, 
always kick with both legs. You know, definitely the thing, well, thing about training is, is, you know, the right side is always the strong side for most people. And then you got those like certain, um, certain percentage, like almost like three percentage that only are strong on the left side. It's just like, like majority of the world is, um, right, right with the right hand, but it's rare that you get that one person that writes with their left. I mean, so definitely, you know, the right side could be strong, the, the left side could be strong, but it's always best to train both sides. Because if one side fails, then at least you got the other side to help you out. <laughs> then, I mean, you want to make sure that you have both sides to back up. You know, when it comes to kicks, you know, it's real tough to, like, do kicks on, like, my left. Because, you know, it's like, it's like I'm a right-sider. I mean, that's, yeah, that's where the, that's where most of my strength is. But nevertheless, you know, you always want to train both sides. All right. All right. So now going on to the considerations, the punching. All right. So we got four of them, four considerations of punching. Number one, the large, the large knuckle finger and the thumb squeeze the index finger in a good fist you know the the one thing always lock your fist the problem with most students that they don't tighten their fist enough and it wouldn't and it wouldn't and and it wouldn't be locked and they they wouldn't lock their fist they wouldn't not lock, lock their fist with their thumb i mean it's real important when you are Making a fist when you're doing a punch, you want to make sure you want to have a nice locked fist. And what the worst thing of worst thing that people, worst thing that most students don't do, they don't tighten their fists. It's like the best way to look that if they don't have a tight fist, look at their fists. If there's like a hole, there's an opening in their fist, then that means it's not tightened. So you want to make sure it's locked. All right, that's just that's probably one of my pet peeves, you know, when you got students that punch and their their fists are not locked and their thumb or their thumb is not locking their fist. All right. So number two, in making a strong fist, the index finger is folded first. Yeah. So that pretty much makes sense. You know, the index probably that's like the first one, the first two knuckles. Well, for the first two knuckles that are powerful is well, I don't want to get to that, but you know, you want to make sure that the index finger and the middle finger are well tightened because the first two knuckles are the hardest knuckles of your hand. So you want to make sure that the index finger doesn't stick out. And that's the thing is, you know, you don't want to end up hitting with your one of your um joints of your fingers and then that that will hurt. So it's always best to tighten, make sure that the index finger is folded. So it's really tightened. All right. Number three, punching is done with a loose, loose arm and tight fist. This is going back to the concept of kicking. All right. So really, if you tighten, if you tighten your muscles before you throw the punch, you know, one thing, it's not going to be effective. It's going to slow you down. I mean, it's going to feel like you're telegraphing. So when you telegraph, you know, you see 
people see the punch coming. So it's loose. You got to have loose. So you really got to train yourself to be fast and throwing your punches. That's the worst thing I see with even students, even kids. Like tell them how fast you want to get to that target. So you got to at least know how to get to that target fast. It's almost like your arm is a snake. You know, your snake is loose. And only tightens up as um, you throw the punch. So this is the same concept as throwing a kick. And lastly, number four, you should strike with the index knuckle first. And it's going back. All right. The first two knuckles are your hardest fist. All right. So definitely it would be a good idea to punch with these, these two first. All right. So it's always that's the that's the pretty much that makes your punch powerful. But, you know, for, for most cases, I mean, you don't want to punch with your fist when you're in a self-defense technique. You always want to do the open palm heel, an open palm, you know, and definitely that's usually I like to use the upper hand for distractions. And, you know, the lower body seems like it's more powerful than the, than the upper body. All right. So that's just always important. So really consider these 12 considerations when you're trained on techniques. Pretty much anything from kata, one steps, all right, sparring. I mean, sparring, you don't want to worry about traditional techniques. I mean, for one, if in a self-defense technique, I mean, if you're going to get somebody that's really inept in fighting, then, of course, traditional techniques will work. But if you're going to get somebody that's fast, I mean, you want to make sure you don't want to focus on traditional techniques. You want to really focus on quick techniques. All right, it's always that's the best, um, should I say, the the best strategy. Uh, so, okay, so, uh, of course, um, if you ever have a chance to look at um, Jesse Incap's blogs or his YouTube videos, I mean, really take a look at this guy. I mean, I guess this guy could be like a historian of martial arts in general. I mean, other than him, you got... Um, Ian Abernathy, who's really um, genuine with um, martial arts historians, as he's really oh, he, with martial arts history, he's definitely a good historian. And, you know, one thing I like to get um, someone from my um, organization or my style, uh, Master Ed Signs, who's really um, really genuine with martial arts history. You know, it would be nice to have him on this show. So I don't know how his schedule is. But nevertheless, if that happens, then definitely we're probably going to go through like instead of a 40 minute episode, we probably going to go like almost an hour. That'd be a first. But nevertheless, as usual, I'm always looking out there for guests who is very who's either um, training in martial arts or either as a master or or a black belt in martial arts, or you don't even have to be a martial artist to actually be a guest on my show. I mean, if there's some things you want to talk about, like a movie or talk about like situations or ask me questions. I mean, I want to be the, want to be that person to help out. All right. So of course, uh, martial arts, if you're looking to get yourself out there, I mean, be sure to tune into my show. All right. It's, you're always welcome. I mean, I'm welcoming any anybody. All right, so, 
Okay, so that concludes my episode for this week. Make sure for those who are tuning in, tune in to my previous episode on BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I think um, I'm on Google Podcasts or on Google. All right, so make sure you tune in to my episodes every week. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickbot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out.